This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as you're listening to us from Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Today's show, we are featuring Jim Moy and Bobby Mitchell. These two guys were in it at the beginning of the, really, the modern faith and work movement starting back in the 1970s. And I really can't wait for you guys to hear their stories. But Martha, before we do that, tell people how they can connect with us online. Well, Jim, um, our website is really a hub of all of our information. So iworkforhim.com, iwork4him.com. And there they can find out... um, Everything from where we're, what conferences we're going to, to who we've interviewed, and um, just how they can get engaged, whether they want to subscribe for a podcast, sign up for your weekly blog, sign up for um, being a part of the I Work For Him Nation. This is a, an, a call to encourage our listeners to um, make a commitment to really see their workplace as their mission field. So check it out, and they can go to the website to do that. But all of that is there on iworkforhim.com. That's right. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag when you get out there and join the nation. Commit to praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires, looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace, looking for ways to pray with them when they look down, but all on being a person of excellence because every Christ follower in their workplace should be the number one employee in their position in the company. That's iworkforhim.com. All right, as it says, we're in Rancho Mirage, California, and we are talking today with two of the founders of FCCI. That's the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, found online, FCCI.org. We've got Jim Moy, and that's M-O-Y-E, and Bobby Mitchell. These guys have been there since the beginning. Jim and Bobby, welcome to I Work For Him. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. I'm really excited to hear your story. Bobby, you and I got to do a show. Martha was there, too, I think, in in D.C. earlier this year. I want to capture more of the legacy stuff, the the stuff that really started at the beginning of FCCI. But, guys, what we do with every, at the beginning of every show, is just we get it right down to Jesus. How did you guys become followers of Jesus? Jim Moy, you tell us first, how did you become a Jesus follower? I was um, in business in Atlanta, life insurance salesman. And the, uh, uh, the, the things were uh, working out pretty well on the financial end of it. But my uh, wife and I were having difficulties and basically emotionally divorced, waiting on a better time to get a settlement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I began to uh, come across Dr. Charles Stanley's mm. tapes of uh, how to be a success in business as a Christian. And I really didn't realize that that, that was uh, possible. Mm. And, and so as uh, things moved along, uh, Bill Gothard came to town. Somebody invited us to Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts. My wife and I went. Long story short, uh, I didn't make a commitment the first year, but the second year I made the commitment that uh, Jesus was who he said he was and uh, that I would come just as I am. 
and I was my life changed 180 degrees from pursuing making uh, a lot of money in business to becoming for Jesus to be the driving force of the rest of my life mm. to be everything motivated around uh, my commitment to Christ because I began to think eternally and realize that I was just passing through and I really felt God would take me out of the business uh, didn't know where didn't <laughs> didn't want him to do that mm -hmm. and uh, but uh, then I met an evangelist Ian North who was one of the most humble people I've ever met one of the best finest committed followers of Christ I ever met, and unbeknownst to me, he was also uh, a friend of Bobby. Hmm. And well, Jim, here's a question. Were you able to save your marriage? Absolutely. In fact, uh, my wife uh, and I, uh, <laughs> soon after I became uh, a, a Christian, she saw me listening to uh, looking at Christian television, reading the Bible, and her story was that uh, she figured I was manipulating for a better divorce settlement. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, but seven months later, uh, she became a sold-out Christian also. Wow. And, and our sons um, were already... Uh, Christians, uh, some people might know Dr. Mark Rutland, and uh, he was associate pastor at our church and heading up the youth. And Excellent. They came uh, to the Lord in a very special and powerful way. Very cool. Very cool. Bobby Mitchell, what about you? How did you come to be a Christ follower? Jim, I was uh, raised in a, a Christian family, and we went to church Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and and other times during the week, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, I had prayed a prayer to accept Christ as a young kid, but I, my life didn't change, and so uh, whether I was a Christian or not at that point, I'm not totally sure, but uh, in my early 20s, uh, we went, my wife and I were invited to what looked like to be a cocktail party given by a very prominent Atlanta business guys, and we were sort of honored to be invited and eagerly going to make business contacts. <laughs> and so we got there, and uh, it was a cocktail party without cocktails, but uh, a very elaborate thing. And uh, they had a guy named Cobby Ware come, and share. he was the Campus Crusade guy in town, and he came to share uh, the four spiritual laws with us. And... Uh, on week one, he shared one spiritual law. Then they said, you'll have to come back next week if you want to hear two. So they, it went over four weeks. And uh, the t crowd dwindled, but Sue and I were very eagerly uh, mm -hmm. looking forward to it. And and uh, we recommitted our lives. On the fifth week, Bill Bright came and taught us how to share our faith. And so that was a painful experience. <laughs> Because I did not want to go share my faith, which, which was <laughs> hours old almost at that point. Wow. And so uh, he put us on buses, and we went into neighborhoods and knocked on doors and shared our faith. And I came back and said, uh, 
I'm going to let my light shine. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were, were at home keeping our kids, and they were praying like mad for us to have a, a great experience. Uh-huh. And uh, so I struggled with sharing my faith for a while, and I decided I would write it out. So I wrote out uh, my faith, my testimony. Mm-hmm. I printed 10,000 copies of it. And uh, so I could hand out that to somebody say, there's here's a, a message that was meaningful to me. And I, I had no problem doing that. Wow. So, because uh, it was from your heart. Yeah. And, d- and did you hand out all 10,000? I did. I and did. H- how long did that take you, Bobby? It t- took several years. That is <laughs> and, an amazing goal, though. But it was, uh, I have four or five of those uh, printed copies that I've, I've kept. I've not given them away. And... Uh, it's on our website, and we have about 800 to 1,000 people a month hit that website to find out how to invite Christ into their life. And what website is that? www.appliedceramics.com. And that's a company that you launched how many years ago? Well, I didn't really launch it. I was hired as a consultant to go into the company. It was on death's door in 1974, and... and uh, the president of the, uh, or the chairman of the board of the company uh, wanted somebody to turn it around. He wanted him to tell it whether you ought to sell it, close it, or build it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you've really got a nice little company, and I think it's buildable. And so he hired me to do the building. So I, I, I came in and started building the company, and God moved in a mighty way spiritually and financially and we doubled the the business every year for four or five years in a row, and and it was successful. And uh, it, it was a real interesting deal, Jim. I took it over, and I had two conditions that uh, I told the chairman of the board for me to do that. I said, you're going to have to give me a line of credit because the company's not generating enough money to make it. And in addition, you're going to have to let me run it as a Christian company. And he said, what's a Christian company? Huh. And I said, I'm not totally sure, but I'm working on finding it out. And I'm, <laughs> we're going to tie the profits of the company, and we're going to operate it as a platform for ministry. And so we're going to work that out as we go. And so, and he said, Well, I guess if uh, if you you want to tie the profits of the company, that'd be okay, since we have no profits now. I'd be ninety percent better off. <laughs> that was a good perspective. That's a, that's a good answer. <laughs> That is one wise person. Well, where it got to is this particular guy was a churchgoer and a giver, but not a Christian. Hmm. And he's got some great stories. We'll have to do that another day, Jim. But at any rate, he um, said, "My," as I started in this job, he said, "My son has gone off the deep end. He has accepted Christ, whatever that means, and he's he is gung ho and he's he's moving forward." Can you help him? And I said, yeah, I can help him. And so I started discipling him. And uh, four or five weeks later, Bert, this guy's name was Bert Stumberg. Bert said, uh, what are you doing? I appreciate it, but what are you doing? I said, well, why don't I take you to a Bible study that I'm taking your son to? And so I took him to a Bible study. It was a young guy's Bible study. He's 23 years older than I am. So he's by far the oldest guy in the room. And uh, we sat there, and a Campus Crusade guy, another Campus Crusade guy named Dan Hayes, was teaching uh, 10 Steps to Christian Maturity. 
which was a book that Campus had published. And uh, so I, I turned over there. Typically, he was it was a discipling message. Sure. This particular day, it was hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I turned over here to Bert was sitting on the sofa. And he here's this guy. He's 53. I'm 35 or 30. And uh, he's weeping on the sofa. Wow. And so uh, he ended up uh, accepting Christ. And he said, now I want you to tell me about this Christian company stuff you've been talking about. And so well, I said, okay, let's talk about it. So we did. And he, he was one of the founders of uh, Fellowship of Companies for Christ. Wow. And so he was, he was an older, more substantial business guy than the rest of us. Sure. I mean, the and, rest of you guys that founded this, and we're pretty young guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love that as you described it in your book, you just described, okay, well, we got a bunch of guys together. And we're just trying to figure it out. And we didn't really know what to figure out. But you got a hold of Bruce Wilkinson. You said, Bruce, you figure it out. And we're going to have a meeting and gathering. You come teach us. And, and Bruce came the first time. And it was just okay. And he, they went back. And the second year, he came back. And that's really where you guys started getting traction. But So Bruce Wilkinson was involved at the beginning. You had some other pretty powerful guys. Who were those? Well, Larry Briquette really was. Larry and I met for about a year, just the two of us. And... Uh, my mother had given us a book, given me a book, In His Steps by Charles Sheldon. Phenomenal book, written in 1896. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's where WWJD came from. Where it came from. Mm-hmm. And so Larry and I would debate whether or not we thought we could uh, operate a company for Christ. That concept was not known in the United States as far as I know. Right. And so we, uh, we debated it and beat it around and then said why don't we get some more guys to come in and help us uh flesh this out and so larry was just starting uh, a ministry called christian financial concepts which ultimately became crown and and, uh it's sort of a household name yeah and larry and larry went to be home with be with lord in 03 i think wasn't it It's, it's it's unbelievable but that the people that you had involved at the beginning jim moy you were one of those guys at the beginning where you guys are just trying to figure you got together just to figure out what do we do with this jesus faith and work stuff right yeah jim let me pick up on the story of ian north so when i came to the lord i had a small company maybe 13 salesmen and uh, so I started having a Bible devotion every Thursday morning at my company. And Ian North was the speaker uh, on this particular Thursday. And after it was over, and I had so much respect for him, he said, Jim, there is a meeting that you absolutely have to be at today at lunch. Can you make it at lunch? I said, yeah, my calendar's clear. I can. Uh, let me get you the details. So he got me the details of this lunch. Well, I was going everywhere that anyone talked about Jesus because I had gone 180 degrees uh, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I headed out to this lunch. And when I got out to the place that it, the lunch was, there was a, probably about a 10 or 12 foot high chain link fence with barbed wire on top of that, <laughs> uh, and very and, and a little gate and a guardhouse and everything. And so I pulled up and I said, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. This is a private uh, invitation, <laughs> a private group getting together. So I left and headed back towards Atlanta. And this voice says, Jim, are you going to let Satan uh, 
get in the way of my plans. And ah. uh, so I said no, and I turned around. I went back then, and when I went up to the gate, the guard, uh, security guard, uh, was a substitute. He was a college man with Campus Crusade who the week before, the Thursday before, had given the devotion. Oh. And that was a friendly face. Hey, Mr. Moy, hey, whoa, how you doing? I said, I don't know why I'm here. And he says, well, let me call uh, Don Patterson, the executive vice president. Uh, and so I ended up in this meeting uh and he said they had plenty of extra sandwiches, which Bobby had called. Bobby had gotten together and said, hey, we need to get together people that might have similar interest. And um, so I don't know how many were there, Bobby. We had 12 there. We invited 70. 12 came. And nine of the 12 agreed to meet every other week for a couple of years to flesh out what it meant to have a Christian company honoring God through the business. You know, Jim, I just want to say one thing about that is that, you know, oftentimes we get discouraged when we invite a big crowd and maybe a lot of people don't show up. But God had just the right people around that table that day, didn't he? He did. I was the only uninvited guest. (laughs) But you stuck around, right? (laughs) Yeah, but But like you said, they had extra sandwiches, so that was good. (laughs) (laughs) At least you got fed. (laughs) So I met met Bobby and I met Bert and the others, and uh, it was just one of those privileged things of God to allow me to come alongside these uh, very capable men and just kind of go along for the ride, which I appreciate. Mm. I thank the Lord every day for that opportunity. Well, you look at that ride, guys, 45 years later. Was that that still in 74? Was that by mid-70s by then? That was about 1976 when we had that meeting. 42 years ago, the Lord working in your lives going, okay, guys, I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to ask you guys to flesh out stuff. I'm going to ask you guys to seek me, and I'm going to give you answers. And and you guys, he didn't tell you this, but you guys are going to be at the forefront of the faith and work movement of today. I mean, Stanley Tam had come before you. Yep. You know, he wrote his book in the 60s, gave his company the Lord, which he argued with lawyers and said they told him he couldn't do it back in the 60s. And then there was R.G. Letourneau back in the late 20s and early 30s. But other than that, there was just a couple of a couple of guys. I mean, you guys got together, and when FCCI was formed, it was the beginning of a wave that today has become a tidal wave. Yes, across the country. How, when you see that, Jim Moy, when you see what you guys were at the beginning of and where we are today, how does that make you feel that God chose you to be at the beginning of something great? Very, very humbled. Mm. Very humbled, and it brings to mind that I would tell others is that uh, Jesus tells us, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I pray for ears to hear. And uh, these opportunities are just out there everywhere for Christians who are letting Jesus be the driving force of their life, and everything comes off of that motivation, no matter what your vocation is. Mm. And it's been powerful because of the work that you guys did. A guy named Oz Hillman eventually heard the exact same thing. And because of Oz Hillman's devotionals, my life was transformed. And because of our <laughs> lives being transformed, we're now talking to 40,000 people every month about faith and work. And we're just in Florida. What happens one day when we get across the hey, country? Man, but it's man. because you guys were obedient that we actually got to hear. Because still, yet, have I really heard a sermon? 
sermon going, hey, your work matters to God. Yet you yeah. guys have lived at that sermon for decades. We are on location in Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith and their work while pursuing excellence. Really hope that next time we've got a conference, you guys will join because this has been an amazing week. These two guys sitting in front of Martha and I, Jim Moy and Bobby Mitchell, they were there at the beginning. Back in in the mid-1970s, where a whole bunch of guys got together and said, hey, what does it really mean to run a Christian company? And, and we've changed the language today. Now we're talking about what's it really mean to run a kingdom company? Because we know the companies can't become Jesus followers, but the guys and the gals that lead them can take their faith and have it infiltrate their organizations. And that's what we're going to hear from these guys. So Bobby Mitchell, you, uh, you know, you're, you're there, you're, you're sitting there in a room full of 12 guys, nine of which said, yep, I'm willing to come back every other week for the next couple of years to kind of, flesh through all this and then you guys had your first conference wasn't that in the early 80s 1980 yeah and uh it's i want to go back and just give you a little fun data point go ahead uh, jim last night we had a banquet yes we did and um i was sitting sort of back to back to a guy named brad forsma mm-hmm. and brad said i pulled up his cell phone and said do you know who this is and I said, no, I have no idea. He said, it's Stanley Town. Oh, my. He said, he ta- I said, Stan- I wrote a book, uh, A Walk in the Market, about FCCI. Right. And uh, in the book, I tell the story of Stanley Town. And I had called Stanley when I wrote the book to get permission to use some Stanley Town stories in my book. And uh, so I had a great conversation with him. He was 97 at the time. And, and. Brad saw him last week, and he was 102. Mm, and and it was just sort of a, a God moment to say, wow, God has is, is blessed this thought. And, and certainly uh, Stanley was one of the inspirational guys for us. He used to, he did a movie, and he did a, a, a talk, and he wrote a book. God Owns My Business was his book. That's correct. Published in the mid-1960s. Yeah. I got that book. It was one of the first faith and work books I ever read after reading um, In His Steps, uh, that was one of the ones in halftime. I read halftime, and then the third one was like Stanley Tamsin. Yeah, was well, it was Stanley was there, and and he was an inspiration uh, to us. You could you could get him to send you the m- movie if you agreed to play it for twenty people, and then send it back to him. Because oh. so it was real to real. It was real to real. And so we did that. Our listeners may not know what real to real is. <laughs> Look it up. I mean, just Google it. Google it. This is well, fascinating stuff. <laughs> well, it was it was interesting that. Uh, we did that, and we get we're in our first conference. We had the first conference in Atlanta, and the second conference we had invited Stanley Tam to come and speak, mm. and and uh, so I went up to Lima, Ohio, and uh, and met Stanley Tam. Stanley Tam had a four hundred thousand square foot building with Christ is the answer on the side of the building, in six foot high letters, and uh, I went into talked to him and I said uh, tell me about uh, your witness speaking really of the uh, letters on his building but right. he he wanted to tell me about how he was an evangelist and he said God convicted me to lead five people a day to Christ 
and uh, I've been that's what I've been doing. I I was just stunned. Wow. You know, I thought if you led two or three a year to Christ, you were doing pretty good. Here's a guy's leading five a day. And I said, how are you doing? And he reaches in his pocket and pulls out a little black book. And the book, he says, well, today's this the day. Now, how many meetings do you remember the date of, Jim? But this was May 7th, 1980. Wow. And uh, when... I said, how are you doing? He said, well, in April, I led 222 to Christ. Oh, my. And and my jaw is on the floor by that time. And he said, you know, we've." he told the story about uh, giving away all his money. And uh, he said, I gave away $2 million last year. $2 million was substantial money. Yes. In, in, in uh, 1980. In 1980. And today, that would be $10, $15 yeah. million. So he's given that away. And he said, and also... Uh, I've planted over a hundred churches, uh, in addition to leading the people to Christ. So he was doing more than the entire church body in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, I think. And and here here's a great thought. I'm an engineer, and so I took the numbers that he gave me, and I said if there were three hundred thousand Christian CEOs in America, mm-hmm. and Stanley Tam was the median guy. Then I ran the numbers, and you could complete the Great Commission in three years. Wouldn't that be amazing? And so it, it became, it was the first aha moment to say, we can, we can complete the Great Commission through the marketplace. Mm-hmm. In, in those years. So, so I'm assuming then Stanley Tam did come and speak at your conference and, in, and encourage those attending um, with kind of some of his stories he and, did. and, and he what did. God's using him for. And did that kind of set the tone of what you were trying to do when you brought people together? Yeah, I think so. I, Stanley was further down the road than we were, but he did not have the concept of running a company for Christ. Okay. That was a foreign concept to him. The, that was that was what God had had breathed into the discussions between me and Larry. Sure. And, and uh, but yet Stanley was 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 sharing his faith at wherever oh, he went. Yes. And his employees knew exactly what he was doing. And his I mean his company had a great re- reputation. Martha's dad was a professional photographer, so she, he did business with Stanley wow. Tam because you know Stanley came and collected the silver. Well, from you know, from the, from uh, the photographic, photographic uh, silver, yep. so they had some interaction as Martha's dad was an early on Christ follower. So it just it's 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 great. I love it made how an this impact in the marketplace, impact. even if it wasn't the same motivation. I mean, oh, the yeah. motivation was Christ, whether it was for the bottom line or for the kingdom. But yet, well, he gave- Stanley was the inspiration. Yeah. I mean, he he was he was doing stuff that none of us even imagined doing. Right. You know, can you imagine building a hundred churches? Yeah. Can you imagine, you know, giving away two million dollars a year? And can you imagine giving up a hundred percent of your stock ownership in yeah. your company, yeah. which people argue with him about? But it's 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 his legacy and R.G. Letourneau's legacy, where he was a reverse tither, gave almost everything away, mm-hmm. and all of the patents that R.G. Letourneau set up, we're still using them today for heavy yeah. earth moving equipment. I mean, it was amazing. Well, you know, the those concept guys. of of standing on the shoulders of those who've come before yes. you, right? We absolutely. Stood on Stanley Tam's shoulders, no question. Mm-hmm. And and uh, one of the major tenets of FCCI has been the three S's: salvation, sanctification, and service. And that that's what we're all about. And and uh, Stanley Tam absolutely ep- epitomized all of that. Mm. He 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 
he led people to Christ. He got them plugged in as he could, and he he did service to the community. Well, and that sanctification word in today's world, you know, discipleship, really the 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 shaping of ourselves into the image of Christ. Um, I mean, it's it's so deep because today FCCI is not the only game on the street, and that's that's what's amazing. You know, forty five years ago, you guys were evaluating something that you were really cutting edge. Today, there are now Martha and I can attest. We found out about at least a thousand faith and work ministries in this country. Some of them just in one city, some of them in multiple cities. But what you guys started was part of God maneuvering and moving in the hearts of business people across the country and around the globe. Hey, your work matters to me. I want to be with you in your work. Jim Moy, as you got together with these guys and you started to talk through these questions, what was the biggest aha for you in your company as a financial advisor, as a life insurance salesman? And I, and I sold life insurance for, for 15 years, so I, I love that business, a great business, actually phenomenal business. How did it start to impact you, your family? I was um, had all my uh, attention focused to my business prior to coming to the Lord. And uh, when I came to the Lord, uh, I'd, I'd been in the process of developing training salesmen and all. But I lost uh, my real desire to... Um, uh, uh, my my goals changed. Sure, and so uh, so it just worked right in that I could become a discipler of uh, men for Christ, and it affected, of course, my family. Uh, both boys became strong Christians. God has just blessed things. Uh, one of my sons uh, founded a uh, missionary organization headquartered in Kamasi, Ghana, and uh, Carrollton, Georgia, and he died, uh, left four sons um, and a widow who uh, has just raised those boys, unbelievably mighty men of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God for and, that. Uh, my uh, older son uh, became a sports attorney and is touching lives all around the sports community and has great reputation. And all of that came from being having this accountability with uh, people like Bobby Mitchell and uh, adhering to the mission statement. And, Bobby, would you give them the mission statement? of? Well, the, the, we called it the purpose statement at the time, and it was to equip and encourage chief executive officers and, and business owners to operate their businesses and conduct those businesses in accordance with biblical principles in pursuit of Christ's eternal objectives. So, Jim, wow. you loved hearing that from Bobby, and, and you loved working alongside Bobby and learning from him. It's because he had it all figured out, right? He had it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you were learning from a guy that already had it. He could write the book, right? <laughs> well, oh, just, no, wait a minute. He listen. didn't write the book until 2012. Did, so, yeah. so just, just walking alongside Bobby and Bert and uh, the people that uh, he knew uh, changed my life immensely, and I like to think uh, – has really attributed, uh, greatly attributed to the people that God has brought to me whose lives are sold out for Jesus now yes. well, as a result. You guys, in your faithfulness in those first couple of years, have led a legacy now that is probably, and oh, it's in the tens of thousands, 
because of the ministries you guys spun off. I mean, Buck Jacobs was involved in, in the beginning of FCCI, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and, and Buck's C12 has touched yes. hundreds of thousands of people between business owners and their employees. I mean, you guys, all the businesses you guys have represented with FCCI, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people's in your legacy because you're being willing to just go, God, what does this mean? I mean, I mean that's really what you guys have struggled with. Like, what does it mean to be a Christ follower who owns and runs a business? I mean, and and, yes. and kind of beat through it. And so we thank you guys for doing that. Bobby Mitchell and Jim Moy were there when nine people decided every other week for two years they're going to sit to sit down, get together, have a little lunch, and figure out what does it mean to be a Christ follower who runs a business, who runs an organization. And these two guys, and along with nine others, of which. You know, I, you, the names would be staggering. And then they sucked Bruce Wilkinson into this and said, hey, you need to teach this stuff to us because Bruce was a pastor at the time. And all of this has impacted hundreds of thousands of people. Guys, we're, we're now we're, we're 40 years down the line. You know, you, you got guys like me where I'm, we're not 40 years apart, but we got guys like me where I am a direct result. We're on the air today because of the groundwork you guys laid 40 mm-hmm. years ago because of the people that you invested in. Talk to the people that now are coming up now. They're 20 to 30. They're trying to figure out, you know, the millennial generation, if I've learned one thing from is that they're not interested in pretentious and they're not interested in religion. They're interested in real, authentic faith impacting everything they do. Speak to them in their work. Uh, Jim, I'll go, I'll go with you first. Speak to this next generation that's coming up behind us, the millennials. And the, we've got to hear from some of that Generation Z or digital gen, as they call them. Speak to these guys. They are very important to me. Mm. And I'll speak to them by saying that uh, God in his supernatural power uh, came in and saved my marriage. Amen. My wife of 61 years went on to be with the Lord in 2017. Mm. And we were high school sweethearts for five years before that. So 66 years of uh of love, but the last 42 years being under Christ's direction have been the greatest love that I could have ever experienced anywhere, the awesome. love of family. So I would say that uh, John 10.10, 10, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's the key to the abundant life is selling out to Jesus, mm-hmm. letting him, thinking eternally, let him be uh, the driving force of whatever you're doing and get in the kind of work that that dovetails right with that, that as you earn your living, regardless of whether it's selling insurance or whether it's a pastor or uh, an engineer. How about selling whatever. used cars? Guy could be a lineman. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anything. It doesn't matter what we in, do. We in, can do it for God. In fact, I tell my children they're so involved in sports, and I look at the grandchildren. And I said, "Guys, you may not be able to run as fast as someone else. You may never make the team. You may make the high school team and never make the college and never make the pros. Certainly, never make the Hall of Fame and what have you." But I said, "You are fully equipped." With God's help to be in Jesus' Hall of Fame, uh. all you have to do is to get a well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. Just let him lead, and you'll have the most fulfilling life, an authentic life that you could ever ask for. 
And I would say, Jim, you probably have one more thing because you said something in the last segment that was so significant. It was when you added the accountability of those other eight guys. Absolutely. Talk to that. How, why was that so important? Well, as we met, we were all excited together about Jesus, always about Jesus. He was, he was the center of our conversation. And, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 I just, after coming to the Lord and, uh, and seeing the, the beautiful things there, then how could you uh, not pay your bills or other things that are not very uh, mm. Christ-like when you're alongside guys that uh, are continuing to remind you of that. <laughs> so all, all of those little things that set you apart uh, from the world, you're in the world, but not of the world. Sure. So I was, I was around people like those eight that uh, understood that mm. we're just passing through. And that, that then gave me inspiration and energy. And the last thing I'll say is that uh, God gave me great joy in seeing the people that uh, I had discipled succeed, to see any of them succeed in Christ. And from that, uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So FCCI and that joy all through the years has been my strength. We're talking with Bobby Mitchell and Jim Moy today, two of the FCCI founders that over 42 years ago decided, hey, we're going to figure this out. What does it mean to live out my faith in their work? Ladies and gentlemen, you just need to understand that these two guys, along with seven others, were are the forefathers of the movement. And really, you know, these guys are going to tell you, listen, we didn't do anything special. We just sought the Lord. We just were obedient. But it's because of their faithfulness and just struggling through it. They, I am sure they screwed up. We're not doing a show highlighting all their screw-ups. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> Although, because we don't have enough time. That's really what it is. <laughs> but what we're talking about are, 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 are nine guys who said, we're going to sacrifice our lives figuring this out so that we can pass this on to the next generations. And you, our I Work For Him listeners, are part of that. And we're all part of when Jesus said, so many years later, that, that he, was, he was praying for those that the, the disciples would make an impact on. And we're part of those. This was all Jesus's idea. Nobody ever intended that we live our faith out separately from our work. And Jesus said that he wanted us to be known by our love and our unity. And that's really what this is about. Loving and appreciating the people that work for us and work with us and sharing the joy that we've had in Christ. Bobby Mitchell, speak to these next generations. I mean, you, you've got people, and this is going to be heard. This will be on a podcast. This podcast may outlive you. Speak to those people that are going, that are hearing from you, your heart, the next generations. Jim, as um, some of the leadership of FCCI started to get older, we became very aware that we had to pass it on uh, to the next generation, and 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 beyond that even. And so, uh, millennials. A lot of guys don't understand millennials too well, but. Uh, Millennials are a great group, and it's a power group, and it's who's going to run our country mm-hmm. uh, here within a very few years. Right. The, the millennials will be the people with the biggest group. We, I come out of the baby boomer crowd, and, and we, were, we had our run, but this run that the millennials are going to have is going to be even bigger. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have tried to—this this conference here this week— 
is is a a radically changed conference from what we have done typically and we've we've emphasized youth millennials gen z and say we've we've got to if we're going to perpetuate the ministry we've got to change and so we've tried to do that we've got two guys here that spoke to the conference yesterday mm-hmm. that are juniors in high school mm-hmm. and uh that's going, those are Gen Z guys. That's right. And so. Uh, and God's stirring in their heart with some of the same conversations that you guys have had. And, and it's yeah, neat to see yeah. that. And and we, we had a, the, the lead off speaker, or I guess the second speaker, mm-hmm. was a, a gal that's a uh, a millennial. Yeah. Right. And so we, we have, have pushed this um uh, conference to change it to make it more relevant to young people there's also some other things that you're cutting edge at this conference why don't you address some of those things the collaboration is unknown in the body of christ well if you it is and if you go back um, when we heard about the um, museum of the bible we just fcci leadership decided we'd be a major uh, partner with them and so we became one of ten major partners with the Museum of the Bible, and uh, we we had an initial conference of about thirty people, a sort of a mini conference that went to the grand opening of the Museum of the Bible, and then we had a conference in March of this year in Washington where we had five hundred, and the thing that was unique about that conference was we decided to opened the conference up to other marketplace ministries. We were the sponsor. We were the figurehead. But mm-hmm. we, we, we had 20 other uh, ministries there. And so th- what happened was I was talking to a gal last night, and she said you could feel the electricity. And so what uh, we started we we went to celebrate the Museum of the Bible, but God used that as a platform to unite the uh, the ministry, mm-hmm. and so that has has led to this conference. And so this conference is part of it. We're announcing uh, uh, relationships, alliances, things with people to grow the business across. Lines and and hold things with an open hand. Amen. Yeah, amen. And we can't wait to hear lots more of what happens with that Ergon 412. Bobby Mitchell, Jim Moy, thank you so much for being an I work for him today. Thanks for sharing a little of your stories. I know we really needed a week of shows in order to be able to get this done. <laughs> we'll just thank, hang out with you for right. a while. But thank you guys yes. for investing in our lives, even though you didn't have any idea who we were 42 years ago. But thank you guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you fcci.org fcci.org you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i I work work for him. him